Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Bo Bruce. Today we celebrate the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King. Yet rather than focus on the victorious, resurrected Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father, we see Christ interacting with the earthly king, Pontius Pilate, just before he's handed over by the same for his passion and shameful crucifixion and death. Why don't the Jews just take care of this matter on their own, as Pilate's insisted that they do? Well, they want Jesus dead. And under Roman occupation, the Jews don't have the right to carry out capital punishment, even for one of Jewish law's capital crimes, blasphemy, which they have charged Jesus with. Recall they charged Jesus with the crime of blasphemy when he would not deny that he was the Son of God and indeed told them that they would see Daniel's prophecy about the Son of Man fulfilled. However, the Romans didn't really care about blasphemy towards the Jewish God, so the Jews made something up. They told the Romans he had said he was a king, and they brought Jesus before Pilate. Now, this would definitely ruffle Pilate's feathers, and moreover, if word made it to Rome that someone was trying to usurp the emperor's power and Pilate didn't stomp it out immediately, he'd be the one that would be dead in an instant. However, Pilate, who we know from what little we do know about him, was a very harsh man, was still skeptical according to the gospel. And some have questioned the biblical account because this history of Pilate being such a harsh ruler, they think he wouldn't have wasted his time on this situation. And they would have been glad to just have put somebody to death. Well, even if that were true, it should be clear from the story that Pilate was pretty aware that he was being played by the Jews. And he didn't like that either. He knew something was up. And so he spends some time questioning Jesus to try to sort out what this is all about. Yet, just as Jesus answered the Jews somewhat cryptically on their questioning about whether he was taking the place of God, Jesus answers Pilate with a similarly cryptic answer about whether he's a king. Jesus is both simultaneously denying and admitting that he's a king to Pilate. What he's essentially saying is, Pilate, no, I'm not a king in the sense that you or Rome need to be worried about, at least at this moment. It was similar to what he said to the Jews. Well, when you ask me if I'm the Christ, the Son of God, you mean something different than the reality. So no, I hear the words you use, but I say to you that this is the way it really is. I'm not the Christ you think you're looking for, but the Christ who actually is. I am a king, the likes of which Pilate and this world has never seen before and will never see again. Jesus wasn't here on earth to gain worldly power. Indeed, what Pilate doesn't understand is that God himself is standing before him in total control of everything, from before the foundations of the universe and for the eternity to come. And in this intestinally small sliver of the present, he stands here talking with Pilate. We know the rest of the story, and ultimately Jesus will be crucified by Pilate. 
Most especially because the crowd was worked up into a frenzy and the last thing Pilate needed was a serious disturbance during Passover on his hands that would reach the ear of the emperor and have Pilate removed from his position or worse. Pilate did love his worldly power. And so Pilate inscribes above the cross the crime, King of the Jews, which, as you recall, upset the Jews who wanted to say, no, this man said he was king of the Jews, to which Pilate famously quipped, what I have written, I have written. Now, did Pilate believe that Jesus was actually a king, or did he just want to annoy the Jews? To me, the latter seems likely, but in the age to come, perhaps we will learn the answer. And yet, regardless, we should recognize that both of the crimes for which Jesus was crucified were, at least in human terms, he was guilty To the Jews, he was a man claiming to be God. To the Romans, a man claiming to be king. And indeed, he was God and a king. So why do we spend one of the 52 or 53 Sundays of the year on Jesus as king? I guess we should first say that it hasn't always been this way. In fact, if you walked over to one of our Eastern Rite parishes today, they would not be celebrating this feast day. Indeed, it's a remarkably new feast instituted by Pope Pius XI in 1925 to be celebrated on the last Sunday of October, being the Sunday that precedes All Saints Day. According to the liturgical reforms of 1965, it was moved to the last Sunday of ordinary time, and most Anglicans and some Protestants also celebrate it then. Unfortunately, some of our Eastern Rite brothers and sisters find it scandalous that we would celebrate such a late invention. However, many, thank God, most especially our hierarchs, also rightly understand our position, that the church is a living being, inspired by the Holy Spirit, composed of the living members of the body of Christ. And just because something happened after 1054 does not mean it should be unceremoniously discarded in the trash can without further consideration. Taking a look at the roots of this feast shows its clear orthodoxy and how its creation was to directly attack one of the most disturbing modern trends that we continue to see the disturbing effects of on the fabric of our society today. Pope Pius XI specifically established this day to denounce the modern heresy of laicism. It goes by another name which you may have heard and be more familiar with, secularism. Laicism or secularism is at first a refusal to recognize the rights of God and his Christ over, the per, over persons and peoples. I had to sit there for a few minutes and think about the rights of God. I mean, after all, he's the source of rights, right? But I guess when you think about it, we are refusing God his rights. And it's, is it any surprise that if we refuse the rights of the most powerful, that we're also willing to refuse the rights of those who are weak in our society. The second part of secularism is that it organizes the lives of individuals, family, and of society as though God doesn't exist. And if you look around yourself today, I think you'll recognize that His Holiness was prophetic. If it was already clear in 1925 that society had rejected God's reign, how much, so, how much more so a century later? 
So what could be more orthodox than acknowledging and setting aside a time to focus on our God as our king? I beg our Eastern Rite brothers and sisters who don't see eye to eye on this to open their eyes to the rest of their family. That's also fighting Satan and the deceits of the world with the fullness of both of our traditions. Our cup is full, but it also runneth over. Unity is not conformity, but diversity. And our God shows us this in the Trinity itself, who is one but three. And that brings me to our message for you today. Because the world begs us, nay, seduces us by the message that we should all just get along. We should just all conform. Yet, ironically, the postmodern world is marked by this seemingly um, opposite, this identity politics, this strong way of making ourselves want to belong to something, and yet it's very weak in that we're supposed to somehow not be that identity simultaneously. We're supposed to somehow be an individual. It's very, very hard to understand sometimes. It seems like the world is crying out with Pilate, what is truth? Our society is increasingly fragmented and fighting, but our church should not be part of it. We need diversity. And yes, we indeed cherish diversity. But that diversity needs to be cooperating, like the persons of the Trinity. Instead, what we see everywhere is lines drawn, walls built in a world where various versions of Dr. Seuss's butter up ukes and butter down zooks are everywhere. And Dr. Seuss, also perhaps prophetic world, where the two opposing camps are separated by whether they better whether they butter their toast upside up right side up or butter the underneath to the point that they engage in a war that's sure to result in the mutual destruction of both sides now dr seuss was commenting if you've read the book obviously on the mutually assured destruction of nuclear weapons but guess what we don't need that anymore just start posting on twitter about something I'd not be surprised if there's a flame war going on right now about buttering toast on a subreddit right now. And indeed, I heard somebody joking on the radio this week about the parable where legions demons beg not to be sent out of the country and instead ask to be put into the herd of pigs and that they must now be asking to be given Twitter accounts instead. If you've been online recently and said anything remotely controversial, then you know this to be the case. Yet this is what we're called to. When we read today Jesus' words about he who belongs to the truth listens to his voice, the Greek word there for belong to is actually just a form of the verb to be. And in fact, this is the only place I saw it translated into English in this kind of hedgy way. Instead, we should boldly use what our Lord is saying here. What he's saying to us is, if you are the truth, you listen to my voice. If you're the real thing, it falls you're getting that from somewhere. And if you're getting that truth, and you get that truth from Jesus, that means you're subject to him, which also means that he is your king. Yet Jesus also tells us in this passage that he came into the world to be a witness to the very truth that we, that we just learned we are. We're born again, so that we can and will bear witness to the truth, as Jesus was also, in a sense, born again. 
first eternally begotten to the Father, and then later in a specific time, about two millennia ago, in a specific place, Israel. He was begotten again of the Holy Spirit and Mary as the God-man, fully God and fully human. And what Jesus says is that he was born into the world to be a witness. The Greek word, as you know, is martyr, which later took on the sense that Jesus and his followers assigned to it by their witnesses by death. But let's get a few steps before that. How did Jesus witness to the world? Well, even though he's the king of all, he wasn't lording it over people. He wasn't coercing them by force to accept it. All he was doing was living his life and speaking his words always in truth. It's what he did before Pilate, before the Sanhedrin, in the temple, as he spoke to peoples all over Judea and outside of it. And where did it get him? Nailed to a cross on a hill outside Jerusalem. He didn't have to yell at people, fight with people to get people angry. The truth got him killed. Now, while the charges against Jesus, as I said, were true, they were mere shadows of the full reality. And reflecting that reality on many Orthodox liturgical crosses, the sign on the cross doesn't say King of the Jews. Instead, it says King of glory. And Jesus' glory is manifested not only in his ascension, but by his crucifixion. The cross is the throne from which he reigns victoriously over all his enemies, over all our enemies. And from there he's raised and glorified and thereby raises and glorifies all of humankind to share in the kingship and godship of which he was already a part with the Father and the Holy Spirit since the foundations of the world. We're called to the same throne to experience our own crucifixion, to take up our crosses. And I'd say without hesitation that being willing to openly speak your mind in present society will get you plenty of vitriol, some of it likely as excruciating as the physical pain of the cross. Say the wrong thing, by which I actually mean the right thing, something true with the capital T, and minions of little devils will come out of the ether. We must be willing to confront our world without fear, as we say every week in the Benedictus. Will we get threats? Yes. The other side gets them too. After all, it's a world of mutually assured destruction. But I hope the other side will see something in us that's different when we make these encounters. I hope those counter threats won't be from us. No, because Jesus has taught us that we will turn the other cheek. We don't need to engage beyond showing the truth. That's enough in and of itself to get us killed. We will not seek to hurt or humiliate or get revenge, even if it means we will be killed literally and figuratively, or figuratively, hopefully not and. Instead, we're going to follow God's way. God doesn't argue with us, even though God is king and we are his subjects. And hopefully 
we are his ready subjects, ready to be his representatives in the world. We're called, after all, to act in his name, a phrase that means we have the authority to act in this world as though we are king. But to do so rightly, we have to be in alignment with God's mission, God's truth, that is, the only truth. And that's what being a saint is all about, being an icon of the living God to those around us. And it's why Pope Pius XI wanted all saints to be on the heels of this feast, to remind us of the saints that have gone before us. Saints, after all, are not holier than we are. They're not special. They are simply the truth to which we are all called. And we must become saints. We must become perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect. But first to get there, we have to bow our knee to him. And when we do, and when we stop letting the world reign us, and we let Jesus do the reigning, then, and only then, can we be shining forth the truth in our world without acting as though we're on the defensive. We don't need to be on the defensive. We have all truth, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Then we will be on the narrow path that will lead us to join our fellow saints in the heavenly kingdom for all eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.